0: a happy hour with Julie and Liz.
1: So Liz, yes, I think with everything happening in the world right now, we'll skip our 80s nostalgia trip. Okay. Seems seems inappropriate. Um, Because we do have our brilliant friend, uh, Lee Smith, on with us, and we want to dive right into his analysis of what's happening right now. But before we do that, I want to say every time we have Leon, I think about the podcast we recorded. I think it was the day after the insurrection, either the day after. Oh, yeah.
0: Days after. January 7th. We had a January 7th show.
1: And I think we were the only three people in the world at that point who were like, "Mm, this is bullshit. Uh, But Liz, what you said just always sticks in my mind. And you were like, wow, it's almost like they wanted it to happen.
0: (laughs) Imagine that
1: (laughs) (laughs) on point as usual. Um, So whenever we have Leon, I I think of that and how we're we're exonerated basically for our positions that day. But anyway, Lee, thank you so much for coming on last minute. We just had to have you on to make sense to the extent there is any or how we got to this point, what's happening in the world right now and who's to blame, where to go. So um, thanks so much for coming on.
2: Well, thank you guys for inviting me. It's always a huge uh, thrill and pleasure to be speaking to two of my uh, best friends. And I miss seeing Aww. you guys as often as we yeah. used to, especially you, Liz, in the D.C. area. And we moved out of there. And Julie, when you visit, uh, it was always well. And so I hope we all get together um, sometime soon again.
1: I hope Aww. so, too. We miss you. But we know you are swamped. You are in high demand. You have written some amazing things. I know that I've posted.
2: Thanks. Yeah, that was very kind of you, and um, it was very kind. I, I, I think the big picture here. I mean, there, are, there's a, it's a big picture for Americans. We can get into some details on Iran and Israel and Hamas shortly if you guys want. But I think the big picture here for. Americans to understand is that the Biden administration is is intentionally hiding Iran's uh, operational role in, um, in, this, in, in in the massacre of uh, over a thousand Israelis and the abduction um, it seems too. Oh,
0: do we leave Lee? Lee? Yeah, you, know, because they're still Lee, sorry. You keep breaking up. Lee. Lee, you're cutting oh. in and out.
2: Huh.
0: Um, Maybe it's your internet connection.
2: It might be. I've had I've had problems on and off the last couple of days. Oh, sure. so all right. Well, let's now.
0: just keep going because it sounds like you're good now. So let we'll we'll I, let you know yeah, if we have a problem again.
2: Yeah, let me know. I'll just I'll I guess I'll repeat it. I guess I guess I'll just repeat. Um, and I mean I I don't know if Skype works on my phone. I I guess I can do Skype on my phone. Um, no, I actually can't, um, I'll just see if, how this keeps going. Yeah,
1: it's definitely choppy.
2: Yeah. Um, you know what I'll do? Let me see if I can reboot everything. I'll call you guys back in one minute. Okay. Sorry.
0: Okay. No, no worries at all. Okay. We'll just keep, we'll just keep talking
2: here.
0: All right. So while we wait for Lee to return, um, we're talking about the horrific act of terror. We'll call it terror here. Many outlets are calling it something else, (laughs) like skirmish, something less um, severe, a a hullabaloo. You know, uh, ABC or CBS, CNN, they're really avoiding calling it terrorism, but uh, we're talking about the attack over the weekend that took place. Um, Hamas, um, which controls Gaza. Um, Israel does not control Gaza. They have nothing to do with Gaza. They're not Israelis in Gaza. They attack. They cross the border. The checkpoint went in and just started slaughtering people wholesale. I think there's 1,300 dead people right now. And they're not just Israelis. Most are Israelis. But there are people. We've 25 Americans so far, is the count. There are people from other countries. There was a music festival where they went. They went to little towns and just started killing people, like like animals, really. Um, and so I think yeah. Lee is back. Lee, are you yeah. back?
2: Yeah. Let's see. How am I doing now? Good. Yeah. Let, I'm gonna hope this holds up. Um, well, Liz, I just heard, I just heard you going through some of the details from saturday morning and i'm and so if you just want to keep going and then whatever questions you have for me that'd be great
0: well i just want to kind of set up what happened because it's important two things are important to remember for this attack which is first it was the sabbath as you know and a lot of things in israel are closed on the sabbath because it is a jewish state um but it was additionally it was a holiday Simchas Torah, which is the when we restart the Torah, we start at the beginning, and that's it, we finished the Torah and now we start it over. Um, so it was it was a holiday as well. Um, so these cowards have historically attacked us on the Sabbath and or during a holiday, hence the Yom Kippur War, um, which is also an, another notable terror attack. Um, but go ahead, Lee, you were giving us the big picture. So give us the, go back to that and let's look at, listen to you talk about the big picture.
2: For, for Americans, the big picture is this, the Biden administration is keen to hide. Hello?
0: Yeah, you're, you're breaking out again. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's the agencies, Lee, they don't want you talking to us.
2: (laughs) I'm just trying to see if there's any way to do it on the phone. Um.
0: Can we do a phone one or just You can uh, you can use Skype on your phone. I know it's just an app.
2: Yeah. Um I don't know why the reception is so bad.
0: It's your internet signal is, is shitty. <laughs>
2: um
0: All right, keep right. try try to talk again. And let's see if you can do it again.
2: <sighs> Sorry about this guys. Um, oh my
0: god, don't apologize. Uh, yeah, it's fine.
2: It's it's, it's the Biden administration is keen to hide the operational role of the Iranians here. And while they'll admit, um, while they admit that they acknowledge Iran's role in supporting Hamas, they are continuing to claim there's no intelligence or we're going back to look and see if we have any intelligence on Iran's role in this particular operation. Well, the reason that they want to hide this is uh, because of their own complicity. As many people have reported, the Biden administration over the months has made available to the Iranians 16 billion dollars yeah. um and and i think a lot of people are missing the point about the 16 billion dollars because of course we see everyone from uh, administration uh spokespeople to uh to different reporters saying well you know they can't use that money for anything but humanitarian purposes and as people rightly say you don't need an advanced degree in accounting to recognize that you can move money from one ledger to another but the, 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 the bigger point is this. The bigger point is when you make available that much money to a state, you're signaling uh, friendship. You're you're not signaling enmity, right? So that, that's the big picture. The United States or the Biden administration is in partnership with the Islamic Republic of Iran. Why? Because the Biden administration wants to reenter uh, the uh, nuclear deal with Iran, which was brought Obama's big foreign policy initiative and which, of course, Donald Trump withdrew from in 2018. So the picture, the real big picture here is that um, is that the Biden administration's support of Israel best. Half hearted, if not worse. And so that's really the way to understand the different things, the different moves you're seeing the Biden administration make, whether that's sending naval assets, whether it's sending aircraft carrier group into the eastern Mediterranean. And people are saying, oh, well, they're there to support the Israelis. They're not there to support Israel. They're there to impose a ceasefire on Israel. When they believe that um, when they believe that they they when they believe that the U.S.-led international community has had enough of Israel's siege of Gaza and it's time to call off Benjamin Netanyahu. So that that's what's going on. And that's how to understand what's happening here, that tragically the government, this government of the United States is 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 complicit in this massacre. And because of its partnership with the Islamic Republic of Iran, which obviously, you know, I mean, the, the, this is how Hamas, Hamas is trained and how Hamas is armed and how Hamas is funded. The idea that they weren't read in operationally is preposterous.
0: Um, Lee, Are you was
2: able to hear me. OK, am I coming? Yeah, that
0: was fine. Okay. So, Lee, Gaza and the Palestinians get a lot of aid money, not just from the U.S. But from other countries and NGOs and all sorts of things. And they're the big cause celeb. Um, Very disturbing to see these young people are so sympathetic to um, just a total propagandized depiction of the Palestinians. Is there any audit ever done in exchange for the money that at least the US gives them to show that this is being? this this money is going to humanitarian causes? Because Gaza is basically like a shithole country. It's not a country, but it's a garbage pit. It has, it's very primitive. It doesn't have a lot of critical infrastructure, even though it's getting millions and probably billions of dollars all over the world. So is there any auditing no. of this? Or is it just a secret, like everybody kind of winks and knows that it's going right to like,
2: it's no, cleft pe- yeah, they're they they're paid through multiple they're paid through multiple um, channels, including the the UN, uh, you know UN what is it Relief Works Agency UNRWA. So they're 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 paid lots of money through that. Um, you know, of course, the United States gives lots of money to um, lots of money to the Palestinian Authority as well, and 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 naturally some of the things that the Palestinian Authority they, I mean they they rule the West Bank. But some of the things that, uh, that that is paying for there are moved to Gaza. So, yeah, the, the United States government generally is complicit. It's not just the Biden administration. Donald Trump did his best to take a lot of money uh, away from from Palestinian terrorists. But this is a this is an American mindset. And this has gone back to this has gone back to the dealings with Yasser Arafat. So another very big, another very big piece of this has to do with Washington, D.C., with the Middle East, um, Middle East experts, set right. I mean, there there should be right now. There should be uh, there should be a number of different people, and I'll name some of them, um, and I'll name the organizations. Everything. Um, I'll, uh, there is uh, Dennis Ross. There's Martin Indyk. There's the entire Clinton administration, the Biden administration, a number of different think tanks. Um, that have promoted the two-state solution and that they've propped up the Palestinians for decades now, right? And once you understand the of it, it's keep this industry going in Washington, D.C., right? It's a bunch of diplomats and a bunch of former diplomats who go in and out of office. That's what's going on. And they're the ones who have helped keep this when a rational government when a reasonable government would say this is sick the palestinians are tragically a, a a very dark culture and there's really nothing that we can do for them we certainly don't um we certainly don't con- uh, condone uh, mass violence against the palestinians or against any people unless war with them but we're not going to continue to fund this monstrosity and we're certainly not going to continue to put our the allies in the middle of a, of a fake peace process that only leads to death and destruction of, um, of 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 Jews. So but but so a lot of this goes on a a lot of this goes on an industry in Washington, the peace pot process industry. Um, and, and then there's something else which you were suggesting, Liz, that it's very uncomfortable for many Americans to look at. But I think we have to see it very starkly here. Um, When we're talking about government officials, this has to this includes with government officials and local officials, uh, as well as many charities, um, weaponized, radicalized charities, many of them that append uh, the word Christian, the modifier Christian to the. And they've moved a lot of these people into uh, into American towns and communities. I mean, we've seen what what large parts of the Somali community look like in Minnesota. And I think many people were probably shocked to see a rally in Dearborn, Michigan. This wasn't just remember, we saw protests, dozens of protests throughout American cities in defense of Hamas. Right. Of Hamas. We saw an entire or not an entire, but a large of the town of Dearborn, Michigan gather to rally for Hamas. It's known for many years that Dearborn, Michigan is a hotbed for Arab radicalism. There's lots of Hezbollah supporters there. There's money that goes to Hezbollah. from So it's time for, uh, for taxpaying Americans to wonder why their money was used to move all of these people. Now we're talking about a second generation, in some cases, even third generations of people who support organizations like Hamas and Hezbollah. When we're talking about Somalia, it's not just that they're talking about terrorist organizations in Africa as well. So, what have our elected leaders done to us? What has the State Department done to America? What has um, what have these these pathetic, miserable charities done to Americans and done to our communities? So, when this moron from Qatar threatens the world with a mass with a mass movement on behalf of Hamas. For friday october 13th that people are cowering all through the country because they've set all these traps for us and of course now with the biden administration over the course of three years having allowed in five to seven million maybe more people we know nothing about and many of them from countries that sponsor and deploy terrorism across the world like iran like syria like iraq like the palestinian territories and um It's a very bad situation and we need to look and need to look we need to start shouting at government and local officials. You're not settling them here anymore. And in fact, we're not happy with the people who are here. Something has to be done about this. And this, by the way, is why we as Americans, we have many reasons. Um, We have many reasons to support Israel's. um, Offensive against Gaza, against Hamas and Gaza. One of them is this. The last thing that we want is for terrorists uh, or for for non-terrorists to be galvanized by a Hamas victory. They, The idea of them having momentum is dangerous for people across the world. Americans, the Israelis to destroy. Hamas to put this down once and for all so all the creeps who've been marching the last week in defense of Hamas go home and shed their bitter little tears.
1: So what does that look like I guess I mean because Hamas is so well funded by you know these very dangerous regimes what does that look like destroying Hamas?
2: I I think one of the things that we're looking out for right now is you may have noticed the buy. I'm going to come at this. I'm going to come at this in a different angle. One of the one of the things you may have noticed was the language coming out of the administration the last couple of days. Um, We encourage all of our allies to abide by international law. Um, So that language right there is teeing teeing up. Um, The ceasefire that the Biden administration in partnership um, with uh, with EU states uh, will attempt to impose a ceasefire on Israel. And we know how it will happen. Looking at the uh, uh, 2006 Second Lebanon War, where Hezbollah staged a, a series of war crimes, Hamas will do the same. And that will be for the Biden administration and for uh, for the international community to attempt to impose a ceasefire on Jerusalem. Now, whether the Netanyahu feels that its aims have been uh, accomplished or whether it feels that after the uh, not uh, the important thing, I, I think, here is not just the massacre. It's not just the bloodshed. It's not just the casualties. It's the imagery as well. Right. It was a terror attack. Um, so Israel believes that it has to not just restore deterrence on its border, but it will have to repay Hamas in blood. Um, what that looks like exactly. I mean, we know that the Israelis before have used aerial strikes to. uh what they refer to as mowing the lawn this is not that they're preparing for a ground invasion whether they whether they're able to clear all of, of hamas out of gaza it's uncertain how much time they'll have to do it before they have to start looking over their shoulders as the biden administration the biden administration started off by asking for a ceasefire on yeah. sunday anthony Blinken. Uh, Tweeted out that in conversation with the Turkish foreign minister, Hakan Fidan, uh, they were calling for fire. I I believe that Blinken has since deleted that. But that just tells you how eager they are to stop this. And again, the United States, uh, the Biden administration has a big stake in this because they still want to hold on to a partnership with the Islamic Republic of Iran. So it's very important to understand that a traditional U.S. ally, Israel, is running counter to the interests of the Joe Biden administration, which doesn't want to see anything to its relationships with Tehran right now. So that's what uh, Israeli civilian and military leadership is going to have to figure out. Are they going to listen to the Americans What is their end game? We've heard the defense minister, uh, Yoav Galant. We've heard the prime minister say, we're going to end Hamas. Uh, We're going to kill every single one of them. Can they do that? That that seems to be the goal right now. How long that will take? Uh, Again, the the clock right now is basically set by the Biden administration. Whether Israel will pay attention to that clock is another question, and I think that we – it's quite possible that we may see a very large shift in the U.S.-Israel relationship over the next couple of weeks and months. Remember that this relationship is only half a century old, right? As, 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 as uh, dearly as we regard Israel as an ally, it was only coming out of the 1973 war that Israel became uh, uh, the cornerstone of the American position in the in the Eastern Mediterranean. It's only fifty years. So will we see a shift if Netanyahu pays no attention? Well you know, the Israelis have gotta be thinking then, well, you know, what do we do if we're throwing over the US? It happens to Israelis if Israelis believe that we're throwing over the US? So it's uh we're ahead for very interesting for some very interesting things that may really admit it and it, 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 it will certainly reshape the order of the middle east whether it resh- reshapes the geopolitical order and um yes interests not just across the middle east but across the world it, it, it very well may
0: um
2: right, am talk I, a little bit- I okay by
0: the way no you're okay. you're okay you're doing you're you're pretty good you have a little bit of cut out but Um, I have a question about Saudi Arabia. A lot of people are talking about how this timing of this attack was to muddle up an alliance between Saudi Arabia and Israel. So can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, that that's that's incorrect. Um, Okay. what what happened? I'll start with the Trump. I'll start with the Obama administration. Barack Obama wants to reorder the region. Right. With a, a, a relationship with Iran. Right, that that the uh, e- the nuclear deal was effectively Barack Obama arming an ally. I, just, I, I should just say very quickly, a lot of people don't understand what the nuclear deal was. The nuclear deal um, very easy to understand. It was never intended to stop Iran from getting the bomb. And if you even a uh, cursory glance at the agreement or articles about it will tell you what it is, because the the, the various clauses. Uh, Restricting uh, Iranian nuclear activities and other activities like um, uh, buying weapons or selling weapons, these were all destined to expire over a short period of time. That's why they're called sunset clauses. So with all of these clauses set to expire over a short period of time, at the end of that, Iran would have (coughs) a industrial scale nuclear weapon program, right? Fully legitimate and fully legal in the eyes of the international community. So all the Iran deal was, it was a guarantee of Iran's nuclear weapons program, right? Under the um, protected, under the umbrella, international agreement backed by the United States. That's what it was. Barack Obama was arming an ally, the Islamic Republic of Iran. When Donald Trump got in office, Donald Trump uh, uh, rationally recognized that this is this is bad for the United States and it's bad for um, the peace and prosperity of the world as a whole. So he built something called the Abraham Accords, which many people talk about. The Abraham Accords was uh, an effort to restore the normal American order of the region, which is Israel and our Sunni allies. Like Saudi Arabia, like the United Arab Emirates, like Morocco, like Bahrain. So that Trump did. The Trump administration went out and uh, normalized. They brokered the Abraham Accords, which normalized relations between Israel and a number of powerful Arab states, like the United Arab Emirates in particular. Right? Saudi Arabia was already implicitly involved this deal through Bahrain. Bahrain is effectively a Saudi province, right? The fact that Bahrain was part of it indication that the Saudis had given their okay to the Abraham Accords. Now, what the Biden administration did by trying to draw Israel and Saudi Arabia into negotiations for a normalization agreement served two purposes. The first— was to restore the Palestinian veto. What what Trump did was, uh, decades of American policymakers have have uh, uh, believed the Arab nationalist and garbage that there can't be any agreement, be any peace in the Middle East without taking account of the Palestinians. Trump said, gave it a little bit of a shot oh. and said, forget it, this isn't working. Let's try something else and keep the Palestinians out of it. Right they're always trying to put the palestinians into it trump said forget it the biden administration reinserted the palestinians that's what they did us that's what they did with the israel saudi negotiations they put the palestinians back in the middle of it the why number 2 here's the number 2 reason because the biden administration wanted to topple the netanyahu government the government is built, that particular government is built on a coalition very strongly against concessions to the Palestinians that would lead to the kind of violence that we saw this past weekend. So that's another way that the Biden administration effectively helped for the violence that we saw. They, they, they put the Palestinians back in the middle of Middle East peace negotiations, and they wanted to top whose government. They knew that if Netanyahu wanted to sign a deal with the Saudi, Ara- with Saudi Arabia, his coalition partners would leave the government because they were putting the Palestinians back in the middle of it. So that's what the U.S.-Saudi deal was about, the idea that the Iranians were crashing the the, the Saudi-Israel deal is exactly the opposite. The the Israel-Saudi deal is the platform on which the Iranians and Hamas went after Israel. It signaled to them that the Palestinians are back in the fray. The Palestinians matter again, guys. And so do the Iranians. This was a very destructive initiative. So no, the 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 Biden brokering the Saudi-Israel deal was a very very destructive, purposefully destructive um, initiative.
0: So are are the Saudis are they are they good or bad or I mean I know it sounds like a terribly naive question, but when you talked about how Bahrain was involved in the Abraham Accords, it seemed like they were kind of implicitly going along with this this yeah. new sort of reordering, right? Like where we weren't going to pretend that we can't do anything with anyone until we handle the Palestinians. Like, as yeah. you mentioned, Trump got rid of that. And now, of course, Biden brought it back. So now where are the Saudis now? It seemed like they switched. Is that a correct assessment?
2: No, the Saudis are terrified. The Saudis are very scared. This, what the Saudis want most of all right now, they want uh, they want a very quick um, – a very quick and thorough uh, destruction. They want the Israelis to destroy Hamas. They don't want an, an Islamist movement getting any momentum any more than any more than American citizens do. They want them thoroughly destroyed. The things that worry them. Uh, there are two things that worry them. First, that Israel might not be able to accomplish its aims uh, quickly because um, they will be extremely concerned about the number of casualties as they mount in Gaza, uh, because that will put more pressure on them, too. They'll, they, they, there will be demands on Saudi to uh, to denounce Israel. Uh, there will be demands on Saudi to help the Palestinians. So this is a very bad position for the Saudis. They're 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 very quiet right now because it's it's um, there's there, there's no winning hand for them. The winning hand is held by, uh, by either Israel or by Iran. Um, and if, if they don't, if Israel does not do away with uh, Hamas very quickly, and if the Biden administration does pull the Israelis off of Hamas, then we may really see the Saudis looking for some sort of arrangement with China, because Iran is their number one uh, Iran is their their number one threat they're terrified of the Iranians but if 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 the Americans show that they're basically on side with the Iranians the Saudis will assume that at least that they can go to Iran uh, open partner China and make some sort of deal with them and get some sort of protection from them so that's again what i mean by over the uh, coming weeks and perhaps months we're and very profound shifts, um, geopolitical shifts throughout the world.
1: I think a big question, well, there's a couple. Number one, one question that I get a lot is there and people, Americans are worried that this sort of violence now that will come to our shores, that there is going to be some sort of terror attack here. Obviously, our southern border is wide open. We already know individuals mm-hmm. have crossed to have been on the terror watch list. But, you know, we're supposed to have this whatever day of jihad or something that they're calling it for for Friday. But, Lee, what's the likelihood, considering the Biden regime's almost singular focus on the non-existent terror threat posed by Trump supporters? And we can get into that as well, too, and the consequences of those decisions, reallocating all those resources. Um, But what's the likelihood that something can happen here?
2: Um. Well, I mean, the, the the fact that five to seven, maybe more have crossed the border over the last since Biden has gone to office, it's it's an enormous concern. It was it, it was a big concern for voters. Um, it was, it's been a big concern for lots of voters, mostly, uh, you know, conservatives, traditional voters, red state voters. Um, and I'm not saying it was abstract because, of course, border states and others have had to deal with Problem, but I think that after what people saw, I think the images, uh, I think the stories coming out, I think that this is, I think that this has pushed the borders to far and away the number one issue right now, Americans, and this will be decisive for the 2024 election. I mean, I I, look, I I mean, there were there were 20 people involved in a, a 20 people. 20 operators who brought down the World Trade Center and crashed into the Pentagon. You don't need an awful lot of people to um, to wage a massive terror operation in the United States, right? So the chances of that happening, given the numbers that have crossed – Unfortunately, they would appear to be pretty high right now. Yeah, and that I, I doesn't even guess.
0: count the people here already. Right. I mean, we're well, talking about is, in addition, there's all exactly, sorts of stuff. Right. Exactly. I mean, you just mentioned Dearborn, Michigan. Right. You know, there's right. already okay. Dearborn, Michigan, people here.
2: Dearborn, Michigan, Minnesota. Right. There are a lot of problem communities all, all already. And uh, adding in again, it, it's not that it's not that all. And it's not that all 7 million people who broke the laws of their first act entering the United States are uh, a terror threat. But again, you you don't need that to be a terror threat for 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 an act of terror. So, you know, I I, I don't mean to uh, terrify anyone, but certainly Americans should be on their toes. And, and local police units will be the ones that will be will be the ones that will be most responsive. Um and and most responsible. And I'm sure that they're, I'm sure they're on very high alert right now, you know, higher alert than they were, than they were last week, uh, realizing the different problems. I want to, I want to mention something about this, Julie, because you're, you're, the different things that people are concerned about. I don't know, I've been a little surprised to see some of our, some of our allies on the right. I, I mean, some of this is, I mean what it, 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 it's the internet right? The internet is full of some good things like full of good things like like Julie Kelly right people want to know what what's what's <laughs> going on with the January 6 trials what, what, what what's oh, happening and and there they had Julie Kelly and like it's just amazing right what, what how incredible thank you. but there, thank there you. are things that you know there are wor- bad things on the internet too. Um, uh, you know, and, and we've seen some of it, some of it's poisonous and we've seen some of it coming from the right, some, some of the stuff that's nasty and some of the stuff that's kind of, <clears throat> some of the stuff that that's, um, I don't know, how will we put it? It's this sort of, uh, sort of having a hard time figuring out what's going on here. And And I appreciate that because, because we're living right now, um, under a faction that has lied to us. But one thing I would one thing I would keep in mind, you know, some of you guys may have seen this story that came out the other day about how Egyptian intelligence uh, warned Netanyahu about a massive attack in Gaza or uh, on the border. Did you see this story at all? Yeah, sort- I saw it. hmm. Well, I mean, you, we can get into the, to the details, but the story is absolute nonsense. And and what surprised me is to see many of our, uh, uh, you know, many of our fellow freedom fighters on the right fall for this and push it. And of course, w- when it gets into the wrong hands, what it looks like, we have people describe oh, this attack, was this a false flag? And I've had people ask me, is this a false flag? I'm like, I mean, you know, man, I'm, I know you're not trying to be harsh, but do you really think it, uh, the government of Israel? Uh, I mean, you know, no, that's not what they were doing. That's not what the government of Israel was doing. It's not what Benjamin Netanyahu was doing. You're right. It's to ask uh, intelligence failures were, how these people got across this fence, all the different things that happened. And we'll have answers to those uh, many of those questions at some point. But the idea that this <laughs> the government of Israel, unlike the government of the United States, protects its borders. Right. That, that, that's the most obvious fact. It protects its borders, as it turns out, not as thoroughly uh, as it should be. But the, 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 the issue, I would remind people that I administration is not on the side of the government of Israel. That Egyptian intelligence story comes from the same people who do Russiagate. It comes from the same people who seated informants into the January 6th protest. So for people on our side, again, it's confusing. Everything in the world right now is confusing and weird. And I get it. I mean, we've been, I mean, they've purposefully demoralized, uh, demoralized an entire population. That's what they're trying to do. But I urge people to, uh, to reason their way through this. Right. The same people who leaked the Egyptian intelligence, the same people who worked on Russiagate and the same people who were pushing January 6th. So, and who
1: who was responsible for
2: that, Lee? Oh, responsible for what? For the that Egyptian, report, the Egyptian intelligence elite. Well, I mean, you CNN, one of the CNN reporters on that was Natasha Bertrand. I mean, so 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 what does that oh, tell geez. people? I mean, she was one of she was one of the top Russiagate reporters. But now i mean, not top. I mean, one of the top uh, Russiagate operatives in the media. Right. I mean, we dissect that yes. bit of intelligence. Yeah. You know, I, I'll, I'll go through it quickly. I mean, first of all, one of one of the ideas was, is that, oh, yeah, the Egyptian intelligence chief told Bibi personally. Well that's not how things go, right? If if there was immediate and urgent intelligence that required the attention of the Prime Minister of Israel, that would come from the Egyptian President, not not a spy chief, right? That's how it would come to them. So that in itself is garbage. Well, yesterday, <clears throat> uh, rather, we saw uh, what what uh, Wednesday. We saw Wednesday how uh, Congressman Michael McCall. saying yeah we 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 heard we we were briefed i can't go into it because it's classified we were briefed that bb got that uh got that information okay (laughs) i mean so now we're supposed to believe it the guys who go in there and brief that stuff now they're on the level they also briefed on Russiagate, right they're also i mean so they were also briefing people on the russia bounty story that trump didn't do anything to protect us servicemen after putin put a bounty on their heads I mean, so, again, I, I, I urge um, I urge people, especially on our side to keep their heads. Remember what the how the sides are drawn here. Right. Reason that Antifa has come out in support of Hamas. Right. There's a reason that the Democratic Socialist of America are marching on behalf of Hamas right the, the 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 sides are 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 pretty easy to figure out but w- again but we need to look more closely at this look at what's happened we have um we have we have people on the right who are rightly outraged about a trans agenda that mutilates children right i mean it's shocking that it happens here in the united states and here is hamas Mutilating, uh, butchering children. Right. A- a- everyone who's listening now knows the stories. What- what's happened? I don't. I don't want to really go into it too much, but everyone knows what's happened. I mean, I'm not saying you should send your money to the Israeli Defense Forces. I'm not saying that you should um, march on behalf of Israel or, or or anything like that. I'm just. We need to keep the balance we have, right? Because we're going to hit harder things and if we lose our moral center of gravity we're not going to get through it you're talking about we're talking about the 5 to 7 million people who have crossed that itself is a huge threat to the united states not just our peace and prosperity but our lives so if we don't keep our heads if we miss what happened here in southern israel last saturday we're going to have a very t- hard time ourselves getting through of the challenges our country will be facing in the coming months and years ahead.
1: That's very well said because I think, you know, there is such deep justified skepticism about everything that we are told or, or see in the sources who don't have credibility. Um, And, and so I think that there, you know, there is a lot more skepticism and doubt cynicism um, about what we're what we're told um so right. I think that that's a good reminder that yes this evil real legitimate evil still exists there's still a legitimate terror threat around the world and to our allies and to us more importantly um so the, the I think that that's who a good are not caution.
2: On our side. The people who are not on our side, the people who are hunting us, are also not on Israel's side. Very important thing for people to remember. They're not on the side of it either. They're on the side of the monsters, right? BLM is a Democratic Party militia. It's a blue militia. The fact that BLM is out there supporting Hamas should tell us something about the real layout of how things look right now. Again, I know that are 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 so accustomed to being filled right the current uh, fooled the current thing what's the new thing what's going on but but but, but this also uh, you see some of the times with our friends or our colleagues you see also this despair that people people are so confused with this they, they don't know what to hold on to right what's true what's real right is all is everything about america no we're we're not a fake country <laughs> we're a real country we're living under uh, – we're being ruled right now by extraordinarily um, sinister and sick people, a pathological game. But we're a real country and we're a real people. And we have to remember that, that That part of what they're trying to do is to take that away from us, to demoralize us and to desecrate us, to desecrate our history, our heroes, our legends, our, our holidays. They want to take all of this away from us. Right. That's why we have to keep our heads and understand exactly who we are and what we're facing and to be able to distinguish their garbage from what's real. I understand how Israel can seem at this point after everything else. It looks like, well, what is this real? I don't know. Maybe It's not because they're lying about everything else. Maybe they're lying about the moon landing. Maybe they're lying about 9/11. I just don't know anymore. I can't trust anything. I can't trust anyone. And I'm sure you guys see this as much on social media and maybe with your friends as, as much as I do. And really, I can't. Yeah. People, like, I get it. I really understand. Like, what, well, what, why, why your head is swimming and you and 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 you just feel dizzy. With all this stuff. It's not just the amount of of information and the things that are happening in the world. It's like the people. We hired the people we pay to defend us and to advance our interest are against us. They're against us. It's an astonishing thing for any country, for any citizenry, especially for us Americans, to find out that this is the case. But again, we need to stay on balance. Israel is not part of the fake blob. What happened on Saturday is not part of the blob. It's a real thing.
0: That's such a good point, Lee. I I feel like there's so many people um, in the U.S. that still kind of trust these credentialed groups and agencies that have like the veneer of authority, especially because they are from the government. So when somebody does come out and say something, they were like, oh, well, the government, you know, the State Department said it. Oh, the Defense Department said it. And they they aren't there where we are that these institutions don't have any credibility anymore. And not only do they not have any credibility, but they're actively working against the citizenry um, and the things that the people actually want to see happen. Like they, I mean, I want to think that a majority of people support, you know, Israel's, um, you know, ability to take, get rid of, Hamas, which, you know, Gaza is just basically a military installation. It's there. The people that live there are there to provide like cannon fodder for the actual terrorism that goes on. Right. We know that in Gaza they have, uh, you know, military um, and weapons in hospitals. They use people as human shields. So, you know, Israel, I don't think, has a choice but to to really go after Hamas and Gaza um and it I'm sure that will have an effect on the US relationship but just to my go back to my original point it's there are so many people that still trust these institutions and believe what they're told that they're that they're told i think we have an uphill battle ahead of us i know pe- pe- people who are not political that will send me something and say, Oh, look, that's not, well, oh, there weren't any babies killed, or maybe there was just some babies killed, but not, I mean, there was this, this is a fight that took place on Twitter where people were, some of the media was like, well, it wasn't all, oh, there wasn't 40 babies. Oh, it was just 10 that were shot in the head. Okay. You know I mean? They were, you were already making a you know, apologetics and then regular people are like, Oh, well, CNN is reporting that, you know, it wasn't all these babies. So I, I think we're in a really bad position because at least I think half the country has not reached the place where we are now.
2: I, I mean, understandably, it's it's very hard because it's it's like you're it's it's like there's no gravity in our political system anymore. So we're all kind of floating around and it's very hard to. Get any grounding. Once we, once you've, if you can't trust these people, then what do you do? The people that, you know, the people that we know that have become suspicious are 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 right, and they're very hardy, right? Like I, I can't imagine. I, I, I mean, this is why Julie. I mean, Julie, I, I, I all the time, just like because the the stuff that you write about, the people you speak with all the time, I really just just the amazing, just the intense emotional just the in, intense emo, emotional stuff you're going through so I think about I think about you the time and how you're doing that but I, I think about other Americans too maybe other Americans you know uh, you know there's of course been plenty of families who have been brutalized with the January 6th stuff and tragedies have happened like Harry Pernan and and beautiful nephew Matthew even the american families who weren't hurt by this like the idea right that they're just they're just floating around and there's no gravity they don't know what's happening next and they see the borders open like i don't get it How, how could this possibly be happening so all they can find is all they can find is in some sort of confidence that these institutions are still real things but then on the other hand you have people who are turning around and they're despondent and they're saying, I believe in nothing anymore. I don't believe in anything. And that's, that's, that's not a winning hand. We can't win like that. We can't get through this. If people are going to turn to despair and not believe in anything, there are real things in the world. We're a real country and a real people. And we have real friends across the world too. So that I, I i it's a very difficult thing a very difficult thing for most people to balance what's real and what's not what are the different things from our broken constitutional order that are still useful that we can hold on to right this was one of the things that came up with the fight over uh, mccarthy right there you know i i i, I, I the way that i i, I hate to j- jump topic so quickly But it strikes me – and, Julia, I love the stuff that that you wrote about that. It's like, you know, I think this might have been different had McCarthy done this or that. Um, And I I think you're absolutely right. But one of the things that struck me about that debate was – I don't know. It seems that in some ways the premise of this debate should be we all acknowledge instruments that can be useful to ensure our victory. And what are those instruments? Is Speaker of the House one of them? Um, What kind of Speaker of the House do we want? Is president one of them? Because you hear people saying, yeah, the national election, is, it, it, it's, they're almost certain to, to cheat. And so the, uh, the, the, the chances of Trump getting in, even even if he wins by Islam, are slight. So it just seems that that's one of the questions that we should be asking ourselves. What are the instruments from the old regime, from the broken constitutional order that we can still use to win? Because we can't throw away everything. First of all, that'll drive us crazy. And second of all, it's just uh, it's it, it's uh, it, it ensures defeat.
1: Well, and this is why I love having you on because now I feel like you're sort of my therapist. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I have to say that's sort of where I am. And I think a lot of it is that perspective, what you're talking about. And I appreciate that is being so, you know, deeply uh, covering what's what's happening to American families. And like you said, Matthew Perna, who's one of four now January 6th defendants who killed himself because of this abuse of FBI, DOJ and these federal judges, seeing what continues to happen uh, to these families. I mean, you have the Department of Justice just asking for eight years in prison for a woman who, yes, she acted badly on January 6th. But she has like eight six kids, eight grandkids, um, and they they want her to basically die in prison. And so Mm. I think the perspective from someone like me and certainly these families and others is that this takes away from the minimal attention that we're clawing to get on what's Mm. happening to American citizens and American families. And now you have this. And I mean, there's no words to describe the barbarism that that we that we saw and are continuing to see. There's no comparison and you really can't even compare the two except that you go, all right, well, this is happening there, but this is happening here. And I just think for someone like me who's moved so far from the neocon breed that I was um, now looking and saying, Okay, this but where does this escalate and how much more attention does this take? And at the same time, then diverts attention and enables the regime, the DOJ, FBI and the federal judges and everyone else to escalate what they're doing to us. So it could be seen as a diversionary uh, diversion from what's what I would place as a priority. I mean, I yes, we want uh, to to the extent there is solution, I, there isn't. I guess the institutions that are broken, the corrupt, evil people who are in charge of them. How can they figure out some sort of some solution or peace or whatever is going to happen in the Middle East um, versus what's happening here? I, I guess right. that's you know. I'm- no, I
2: I I I I. I I absolutely understand Um, the argument that I would make when I started off by talking about how, yeah, let's talk about the Biden administration's complicity in this. Because, you know, uh, you know, uh, we hear people all the time say stuff like, well, you know, I don't think that Vladimir Putin's a good guy, but he's not the one who imposed mask mandates and vaccine mandates. And our real enemy is here at home. True. I absolutely agree with that, except for one thing. That our real enemy here at home is partnered with our real adversaries abroad, right? That that's what's I mean, all of this talk about. Oh, the coming war with China. There's not going to be a war with China, right? That <laughs> Biden's donors will not right. allow it. Can you imagine what happens? First, it's Bob Iger. Then it's George Soros. Then it's David Rubenstein. Joe, I I I heard you saying something bad about China, and I didn't like it. They can't run national campaigns without a cash flow from industries, Hollywood, big tech, Wall Street, and academia that depends on a cash flow from China. They're tied to China. It's the pro-China party, which is not to excuse the Republicans. Same with Iran. They want partnership with the Islamic Republic of Iran. So for me, I think it's important for for Americans to see this holistically right to see look my immediate concerns are here at home of course right and and within within our own four walls of our of our home that is our immediate concern and as it gets larger and larger to so our communities then our country and that is our immediate concern what I'm saying is, we shouldn't be confused about what's happening in the outside world. They may try to divert us. As I said, they're 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 lying about Iran's role in this to try to confuse us further, right? The the people who run our government who are doing bad things here are doing bad things abroad as well. Why? Because it's an empire. And so the bad things that they're doing abroad will come and hurt us at home. Again, I, I, I one of the things that I'm seeing, which is, which is not, the the Israelis do not want us, do not want American boys in Israel. They certainly don't want that air, uh, aircraft carrier group there right now because they know what it's there for. It's there to impose a ceasefire. The only people who ever talk about sending U.S. forces to Israel are the who don't like israel like samantha pat right that's who wants to send troops to israel the israelis don't want us we don't want to be there right so it, it it's not about embarking on um on a on a global crusade to tame the furies of radical islam right again it, 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 it's 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 not, it's not about an external campaign at all my my hope is that people will understand what's happening there clearly right again I'm I'm not urging anyone to support to support anything like that I just I want them to see of course they're going to use that as a diversion and of course they're going to continue to hurt us here at home I think though it's interesting and important to see to see who's pushing all this. It's the same people. And that's what I meant about that Egyptian intelligence league. I'm looking right. at our friends, I'm looking at colleagues and say, this is r- real. I'm like, it's not real. Just read the thing and piece it together. And now look at the bylines. Natasha Bertrand? Jeremy Herb. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 this is the Russiagate crew. But now you believe them on this stuff? You know. Liz, what are your thoughts?
0: Um, <clears throat> no, I, I think you're I think you're right. I don't I think Hold it's on, I'm important not- to kind of get a get a good grip on, you know, what exactly is the U.S.'s role in this, um, this skirmish, this, this, this fight going on with Israel. And, you know, I don't think we should send troops to Israel at all. I think we should just sell them equipment. They don't need our help. That's the thing. The Israelis don't need our help. So this is very different from the Ukraine. I saw that people were trying to liken it to Ukraine and that they were thinking of tying Ukraine aid to Israel aid. I don't think that's going to work, but we'll see. Um, But I I think we don't we don't need to send people to Israel. okay? because Israelis can handle this. They just need they just need us to sell them weapons. And they're quite advanced over there as far as they're not like they're. They're not as lax as we are with their border. Let's just put it that way. So it's important to remember the U.S.'s role is more like an ally in in moral support, right? That Israel has the moral high ground here in doing what's necessary to wipe out this terrorist organization, Hamas. And they're all connected. I mean, we can call them different names, but, you know, they're kind of all the same. Um, And... know I don't want a war with Iran and I think a lot of people are also making it like that where they're talking about how well this is you know these crazy people who support Israel want the U.S. to go to war with Iran I I don't I don't think that that's accurate either Um, but it is important for the U.S. to support Israel I think that that because there is public support I will I will take a quick diversion this social media has is you know I I know Facebook is banning a lot of stuff, but truly, thank God that Elon Musk allowed this stuff to come out on Twitter with these images, because without them, I think public opinion would be able to be much more um, malleable by these malefactors in our government and the leftists that control all of social media and all of our institutions and all of our corporations. Remember, all those corporations supported Black Lives Matter, too. So, Hamas's best friend. Um, So thank God that Elon allowed the free exchange of this information where people could actually see the stuff that had happened to the Israelis. Because in the past, the media has initially kind of taken like a supportive, sympathetic position when Israel's been attacked and then very slowly, like not slowly, but like eventually um, turn. Right. And the narrative changes to, well, what did you expect the Palestinians to do? They're oppressed and they're occupied. Um, But I think that this is so severe. And because these images have been sent all over and they're on Twitter, I think that's going to be harder for the Biden administration to explicitly come out against Israel. Now, what they do behind closed doors, I don't know. What kind of hush hush talking that they have when they're whispering in each other's ears, I don't know. But I think. Right now, publicly, people are horrified at the extent to which Hamas brutalized these innocent, non-combatant people. So I guess that's my opinion. I hope I'm right.
2: I, I um, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting to think. uh, I mean, you know, know, Trump said a whole bunch of stuff uh, on on the campaign trail and some of it was just kind of all over the place. But I think it's worthwhile thinking back to the Trump presidency and uh, what Donald Trump actually did. Donald Trump killed Qasem Soleimani, who is the head of Iran's Quds Force, and that's their terror expeditionary unit. Um, But Here's something else that a lot of people forget. Donald Trump wanted to kill uh, Syrian— uh, uh, President Bashar al-Assad. Why? Because he saw pictures of Assad having killed children, and it, it was uh, then Secretary of Defense James Mattis who talked Trump down, f- for better or worse. I mean, for better or worse. But um, it, it's interesting. It's interesting to know what Donald Trump would what Donald Trump would do in this situation, right? Because I, 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 I well, I, I mean, I know he wouldn't have partnered with the Islamic Republic of Iran as the Joe Biden administration has, as Barack Obama did. And I just think it's interesting, and and and, and you know, um, a lot of a lot of people who are expressing a lot of worry over Israelis dragging us into this and that. Donald was a very strong foreign policy figure, and I'm um, just curious to know wh- how he would have responded to this. If, if if he would have if he would have moved on his own, it would, it I don't think surprise. this would have
0: happened. To be honest, I well, I, I have I, to say okay. I think okay. that this happened because Hamas I agree. rightly right. saw that the U S is weak, right? That the, the U S is weak. They also right. had a sympathetic government, um, and that's why they moved. I I think if Trump were president, this just would not have happened. That's my that's my opinion.
2: I agree. I agree. I agree. I'm I, I I'm I'm just saying a lot of the people who a lot of the people who supported Donald Trump and who will support him in twenty twenty four. I We hear a lot of people talk about like, well, Trump is a great president, a great foreign policy president because he kept us out of war. Well. No, Donald Trump was a great foreign policy president because he was a strong uh, president who understood how to advance American interests, right, without having to send American troops to war. It wasn't because he was looking just to avoid war, right? Remember, we've seen video about Biden freaking out after Trump killed Soleimani, right? I mean, I thought that was a it was it was was great that he did that. And all of them are terrified. Oh, no, now Trump's going to plunge us into war with Iran. Well, nothing of this sort happened. Because Trump was a, a strong, effective foreign policy president, and so again, I, I think it's useful for people to keep in mind what made Trump a good foreign policy president. It's not, it's not just that he, uh, it's not just that he avoided war. Liz, as you were saying, it's because he was, uh, he, strong, and uh, he kept his word to allies like, like Saudi Arabia when there was so much pressure on him to ditch Saudi Arabia. You know, he said, no, Saudi is very important for the United States. They help keep the price of energy low, which is very important for global markets. And um, Saudi investment, I came away with a billion dollar, uh, multi billion dollar deal from my trip to Riyadh. And uh, that's going to mean lots of American jobs. So that's great. That was a great foreign policy president, not just because he avoided uh, um, embroiling America in, in new wars.
1: Well, now it looks like there's a big kerf kerfuffle kerfuffle <laughs> Kerfuffle between not kerfuffle. between now Trump and DeSantis, Trump making some comments. seems like they were misrepresented by the DeSantis campaign. Maybe they weren't the most eloquently said comments, but yeah. looks like they were intentionally misrepresented by uh, by DeSantis and his campaign. So this is already so yeah. this is sort of spilled over as no one should be surprised into uh, right. presidential politics. All right,
2: right. we well, um, we're
0: at our hour. So,
2: uh,
0: okay, oh, wow. Lee, did you want to say something? It's already been an hour. But Lee, do you want to say something? We we, we always want to hear more from Lee. Yes, I want. I'd love to hear his his.
2: <laughs> no, uh, you were talking about that. I mean, it, it, as you as you just said, it wasn't the most elegant uh, representation. Uh, wasn't Donald Trump's most eloquent a- a- presentation because, again, I think I, I, I think that Donald Trump is the best the best foreign policy presidents this country's ever had, far and away. Um, and so, you know, what he said during that speech was, you know, whatever. I mean, I'd rather if the DeSantis campaign had not used it, but yeah, that's presidential politics and. Um, you know, again, I, I mean, I I'd, I'd like to see the people on our side all recognize what the problems here are. Our problems, our problems are a progressive faction led by Barack Obama um that uh not is not only linking hands with blue militias like BLM to open our borders, but is also linking hands with the Islamic Republic of Iran. But you know, whatever presidential debates are good and it's good we have choices. But again, my 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 hope is that just that we can all um, continue to see clearly and recognize real adversaries are here and what what our problems are as Americans. And um, and and that means um, uh, having a, a very clear vision of our problems, what lies ahead and understanding reality.
1: Well, I think that that is a uh, very wise <laughs> statement to close our podcast with. So, so many great uh, points lead background history where we're headed with this and, you know, to keeping keeping our eye on the ball to the extent that um, that we should, despite what's happening, you know, in terms of trust factors and everything mm-hmm. else that you raised. So I'm glad that you you offered that. Wisdom and advice.
0: So Lee, where can people find you? Tell us, tell everybody where they can find you.
2: You know, i I've got a um I've got a locals uh, locals page. LeeSmith. I've Not been contributing to my own locals pay uh, community as much as as much as I've I, I meant to. There's been so many things. I'm actually in the middle of finishing two large projects, which I'm keen to talk to you guys about which, Good. um, which, which, uh, hopefully I'll have finished soon and, uh, and I'll be able to talk about them at length. So, um, but also, you know, just regular Lee Smith DC, uh, on Twitter. And I believe that my truth social account is, I think my truth social account is just Lee Smith. And so of course, you know, I'm a big fan of truth social and Devin and, uh, who's, you know, who's the chief over there. Yeah. At a truth, just at Lee Smith. Um so um and um and and you know when something like this when something like this comes up that I know something about like the Middle East I'm keen to engage uh people as much as possible on social media answer different questions help inform people so you know I've been doing articles on this but also I like engaging people because sometimes I can answer people's questions very quickly or at least give my insight and perspective so if any of your viewers wanna reach out like that Um, I I hope they will.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us, Lee. It's always a treat. Lee is truly a friend of Happy Hour with Julie and Liz, and we hold him in just the highest regard. I know I speak for Julie when I say that. So, Julie, are we going to be here next week? We are. All right, so we're going to be here next week. Um, Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. Subscribe on iTunes. Give us five stars because we have five stars because we're awesome. And (laughs) I will see you next week thanks for listening to happy hour with julie and liz we'll see you next week